G'day everyone and welcome to another edition of Tuesday Night Live brought to you by Crowcast of course. Uh, what a hectic day and a hectic week for South Australians. Uh, nothing that the uh, our friends in Victorian New South Wales wouldn't be used to but in any case there's tons to talk about with uh, the AFL and the Crows this week so why don't we just crack straight into it shall we? Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Tuesday Night Live again this Tuesday, the 20th of July, a very cold Tuesday and only going to get colder and uh, pretty bleak on the COVID front too with our lockdown being announced today. So I hope everyone out there listening to us either live or on demand is safe and well and uh, hoping also that uh, someone is safe and well. Pete, how are you going, mate? I'm very, very well, Fane. Good to talk to you this evening and... uh Good to be doing our little podcast and hope that it brings some modicum of joy to uh, everybody that's uh, had a bit of a tough day. Absolutely. Uh, hopefully uh, everyone's safe and well. Uh, g'day to everyone who's joined us on Discord, of course. Uh, great to have you all along and also those who have joined us on YouTube. Don't forget you can get around the chat either on the live show chat or the YouTube chat. And if you want to have your say... You can hop into Discord and uh, get in the live studio audience and uh, stick your virtual hand up and uh, we'd be more than happy to get you on board because there's plenty to talk about, Peter. And as usual, first up, mate, what do you make of uh, the proceedings uh, last weekend? On Sunday, well, I was actually at the game. I uh, I went and had a look and... um yeah, um, I was troubled a little bit by a selection at the start. I'm sure you've had a good, yeah, solid chat about that. I, I was very, very, um, you know, picking four tall forwards and knowing, um, and I made this point in, in the chat on Sunday that you know, Shannon Van just ran around like an unregistered dog. Yes, he did. And, uh, he, he was free, and I, I watched him very, very closely, uh, mainly because my young lad has been playing that role for his club. And so I thought, uh, I said to him, look, I said to him, Shannon Hearn is a really good guy to watch playing yep. that role. And so we're at ground level, we're in the front row, um, down in that um, uh, the southwestern pocket. And so we had a really, really good sort of view of what he was doing. And, you know, he just wasn't manned up, you know, the whole time. And he just um, decided to, you know, pick up kicks at will and also, importantly, just impact contests at will as well where we had, you know, guys trying to mark. And, yeah. And so you pick four t- four tools and then, you know, when they're trying to do what they're there to do, you've got this, uh, you know, second or third man up who's consistently impacting the contest and just, you know, um, generally just, you know, disturbing things. Yeah. I, I, I thought he was absolutely, I'm not quite sure where he figured in the best players or the coaching votes. I haven't had a look, but... I thought he, for me, I thought he was the best player on the ground. I thought he was absolutely fabulous, Shannon Hearn. He was just everywhere. But what did you make of selection where we've got four tools knowing that we're going to have this guy running around? 
Well, uh, selection has been off for a couple of weeks. Uh, there's a couple of things about selection. First of all, I think the the bloke that actually threw everything out was Tom Lynch, um, because if you looked at the triumvirate of Fogarty, Tex, and Himmelberg, um, it's a similar con- uh, configuration to the preferred option of Fogarty, Tex, and Riley Tilthorpe, and yeah, we've course, seen yep. we've seen that configuration um, work quite well. Um, of course, the fourth, um, I guess you'd call tall in that circumstance, would be Shane McAdam. And yep. um, Shane plays quite deep usually. Uh, I don't think that Shane would have had any bearing on Shannon Hearn either. But um, So initially when I looked at selection, um, uh, I thought, OK, well, we're going to play Lynch high um, and we're probably going to drop you know, someone like Berry back in that role that he's been playing over the last month or so. Um, mm-hmm. But we didn't take any account of the fact that Shannon Hearn is always their prime mover out of defence, just the same as Brody Smith is our prime mover out of defence. And uh, like you said, there was just no effort to nullify him whatsoever, and he just ran right. Yeah, and it wasn't just... The thing that really hurt us, Fina, is that <clears throat> it's, it's easy to look at, and it was only because we were watching him so closely, it's easy to just say, look, he hurt us offensively because, you know, he gets the ball, mm. runs, he runs off, he's free... But the amount of times he impacted contests where yeah. you know, I felt, I'm sure we're going to get a mark here, and he just floats in from wherever, and it might just be that he stands in the way, or he might just, you know, edge or bump, or just because he's obviously, you know, he's played 27 games, he's brilliant. He knows what he's doing, but he, it was just that defensively, the way that he would impact the contest was quite amazing. So, yeah. anyway, it hit us, but positively, um, you know, I come here each week and I, I try and be positive. And, and <laughs> for me, Harry Schomburg was amazing. I, I thought Stand he was out. fantastic. I think he has really taken some steps in the last few weeks. And yep. He's something that we can, he's a player we can really hang our hat on, as is Geordie Butts, in, in my opinion. Those yep. two players in particular, I, I just think that they are real building blocks for the future, those two boys. Yeah. I also was very uh, happy with uh, Nick Murray before he went down. I thought some of his offensive yep. efforts, his ability to close space and get a fist in on a leading forward, which is the hardest ball to make in football uh, as a defender, um, were really good. Uh, and I think I think there's a future for him at AFL level. Uh, I still would like to see him used as a forward option a little bit more often, just as a bit of a shock tactic. Uh, but uh, nevertheless... Uh, I reckon he went all right. Um, you know, we still have this... Even though Harry uh, attended a lot more uh, centre clearances than he has done previously, um, we we still stuck with a holy trinity for the large part of the second half, um, Pete and uh, Elliot Yeo, just uh, uh, in tandem with Nick Nadanui, obviously, just tore us apart. And the obvious... Uh, yep. Or the observation that uh, Mac and I made on... Or and Nikki, for that matter, made on Sunday night was our inability to set up defensively and get defensive side. We 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 let so much through by not covering yep. off defensively. It was did you, did you see that at the ground? Oh, the, the the one that was terrible was Yo's goal. Um, but oh at, yeah, that stoppage where yeah. you know, and we were right there for that. And we, I was just saying to my kid, you know, we just can't, we could not believe, and he's you know he's number twelve. Yep. And he sort of says, I, I can't believe the way that... Because what they're taught 
They're taught M1, M2, M3, right? M1 is your hit two mid. Yeah. M2 is your balance mid. And M3 is your defensive mid. Yeah. And your defensive, your M3, always, this is under 12, Sveen. So your M3 always sets up defensive side of the contest. Yeah. Okay. M, M2 is kind of like side by side. And M2 decides w- what happens at the ruck contest, whether he should go in support of M1 or drop back to help M3. Yeah. Under 12s. Yeah. Well, and not only that, Pete, but if you're playing against a dominant ruck as a midfielder, even if you're in a, an attacking, attacking um, side of, of the contest, um, like a centre a center, um, contest, if you're... If you, if you're ru- opposing Ruckman's Nick Natanui, you're going to stand defensive side of your opponent. You have to. Yeah. You have to come yeah. up with a configuration that moves the ball to the back of the contest to clear. You can't rely on forward hitouts because they're just not going to happen. Um, and, and that score by Yeo in, in defence where uh, I think it was Keys just trailed him through and like at no stage did anyone uh, try no. to get defensive side. Was just It was just uh, schoolboy stuff. And nobody on the goal line. That was that was the thing that my kid couldn't understand is yeah. that there was nobody on the goal line. Yeah. So these um, are just you know these are just absolute fundamentals. Well, and the thing about that though is, um, Pete, and I don't want to labour the point too much, but this makes a furphy, in my opinion, of the quote unquote need for experience because you've got Rory Sloan in that midfield rotation, and. I don't see Rory Sloan doing much sort of organisation because you would think someone like Rory should be able to see after, you know, the first half a dozen bounces that things aren't going to go Riley O'Brien's way at centre bounce and they need to change it up. And that's where experience comes in and we're just not getting any benefit from Sloaney in, in the midfield rotations at the moment, in my opinion. In fact, Harry Schoenberg actually did a better job of nullifying contests when he was in that rotation than Rory Sloan yep. did, in my opinion. This is the frustrating thing. I think I think we're all seeing this. Is that is that it's it's one thing to select our young uh, up and coming midfielders, but you actually have to give them a run. Yeah. And, and and this this is a this is almost a cultural thing. This is you know this is why we lost to Jared Lyons. This is you know it's because. A steadfast refusal. Is there any other club? And I, and I ask this seriously. Well, you're asking in silence at the moment, Pete. I think you've just dropped out. <laughs> that happens every time you go to make a grand statement. You drop out. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, just while Pete's getting himself organised there, um, Vardy Magic on the chat says, uh, Jamie Cripps isn't that good a footballer, but here we are. Uh, I reckon uh, people in the chat maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but I reckon um, our 200 gamer uh, had responsibility for Cripps for a large part of the game, and if it wasn't him, it was Will Hamill. Um, neither of those players had any accountability on Cripps, and they just kept working through him in that in that period, and you're right, Vardy. Um, Jamie Cripps is a is a fringe player at best, and uh, he just kept finding space. It's just a lack of accountability. Um, I'll just invite Pete back in. Hopefully, he's fixed his little audio issue. Um, but yeah, if anyone's Pete, oh, you're back no. with us. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry for whatever reason since I switched to laptop. Um, 
just periodically there is this occasion where it just suddenly boots me out of the studio. So I yeah, don't know I, what it is. I'd like to get a camera on you because I think what happens is that whenever you go to make a big grand statement, I re- you, you start moving around, the hands start going, and I reckon you unplug something. <laughs> I think that's what it is. But what I was saying is, uh, is there any other team that runs three guys through the midfield in the last eight years that we've done? I don't know where I got cut off, but I just don't understand why we can't be running seven, eight, nine guys through the midfield. Do you remember when Pike first joined our system and we had a... Oh, I remember having the conversation in an early podcast of that first season where... Pike or was it Walsh? I can't remember. But one of those two anyway, where we were um, louding the fact that we had seven or eight blokes that could, like Riley Knight and Rory Laird, like we we listed off seven or eight players that could run through that rotation. And yep. that was a real strength, our versatility uh, and options through the midfield rotation. I don't understand why we have so few now. And... yeah. You're absolutely correct. It's the reason why we lose players like Jared Lyons. Um, and Jordan Gallucci. Yeah. Jordan well, Gallucci was... A, now, you, Ben, you know that I was always on his bandwagon. I always rated him as a player. Yeah. Don't anybody tell me that he got proper opportunity at this club. Of course he didn't. Of course he didn't. And his development suffered as a consequence, not only in terms of being a Crows player, but being an AFL player. You know, it, uh, he uh, he should sue the club for ne- negligence. Really, yep. Yep. <laughs> I mean, I I saw enough of Gallucci to to see that there was something to work with, not dissimilar to the trajectory that Chase Jones had since he's moved to the back pocket. I just felt like Gooch yep. needed to run in the position that we actually hired him for, and uh, yep. it hardly ever happened. But Gooch used to straight line the ball. He had a good kick. He had a turn of speed. Um, all the attributes, maybe attitude was a bit waning, but I reckon my attitude had waned too after getting stuffed around by selectives for two years. Yeah, surely. Um, yeah, I mean, surely we've got to start handing this. We've got to start handing this midfield over. Anyway, uh, Peter, I have a uh, I have a theory that I'm going to pose to you that occurred to me after a very very willing Sunday night rap show where. Um, yeah, they got a bit uh, frosty. Yeah, a little bit. Goodness me, I don't know whether Macca will be back. <laughs> but afterwards I was reflecting and I thought, maybe, just maybe, the club... like Because I think the biggest issue uh, and the biggest uh, obstacle to our rebuild at the moment is that big dip in the graph at the 23 to 26 year of age uh, player, right? Yep, and I, we've I talked have, about that, haven't we? Yeah, we have. And... I wonder whether the club actually knows this and, as a consequence, is essentially delaying our rebuild in order to just get games into a few players and then bring, like, a second wave through and they just don't want to say it publicly. Because there's no other reason that I can think of that we continue to play players like David McKay and Jake Kelly and, for that matter, on on present form, Rory Sloan in his current position. I just wonder whether that's figuring yep. into their into their selection policies at the moment. Well, it's 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 quite possible because I mean, what we've got with selection at the moment is a complete mystery, and so you, you've got to really be creative with things that you're looking at to try and explain it. Because mm. otherwise, I mean, how do you explain it? Yeah, yeah. But there's uh, no there's no doubt no doubt in my mind, Fane, that it, it is one of the biggest 
issues we face is that 22 28 year old gap it's a massive gap and i'm sure they're aware of it i'm sure they're aware of it yep well they have to be you know and yeah and i don't look i don't mind that as an explanation what did maca shoot at down did he no maca and i had a bit of disagreement about playing kids and all the rest of it and uh, we, the argument devolved around Jake Kelly and, um, you know, Macca was of the view and, and, you know, it's a reasonable view that, um, you know, we need some experience back there. But uh, by the same token, I don't know whether Jake Kelly is the type of experience, just the same as I don't know whether Rory Sloan is the type of, uh, I guess, leadership yeah. is a better word, because I don't see them actually offering any leadership. I, I see them actually... Uh, being part of the problem instead of being part of the solution. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. And I I think the problem that you've got with Jake is that Jake's a really good role player. Mm. And and I'll I'll defend him to the hilt as a role player. But um, I think that the reason why he kind of elevates to that sort of status of being, you know, uh, an experienced player that we, you know, that we need is... Because he's one of the very, very few players in that in that bracket. In that block, yeah. yeah. And he shouldn't have, you know, we, we shouldn't be relying on a guy like, you know, Jake Kelly at all. We can say, look, you know, you have a, you know, play a role, but he's shaping as kind of like the leader of the defence back there. Yeah. And he doesn't have that capability. No, he's a not terrific really. lockdown medium defender. Mm. Well, very, he's... very good lockdown defender. He's the perfect player to have in a contending side, in my opinion, because you're 100% yeah. right. He can play a role and play it well. He's not relied to do too many things. He's not relied on to be a leader or to, you know, to provide direction to kids or anything like that. He just gets on the park, nullifies his opponent, and that's his mm. job. You know, um, But unfortunately, at the moment, he's picking up 20, 23 possessions, and, uh, you know, they're all sideways or backwards and they're done at a snail's pace. And it, it really is counterproductive, in my opinion. And with our yeah. dynamic, in our current dynamic, and with lads like uh, Josh Worrell in the background uh, waiting for a turn, I, I just... I, I don't see Geordie Butts and Nick Murray um, suffering from the fact that we don't have a Daniel Talia in the team. And I think sometimes clubs can err on the side of caution too much instead of just giving these kids a run and letting them form in the nucleus of the next generation, you know? Yeah, I think we. I think that as the season's worn on, we've just fallen down a little bit there in terms of the opportunities that, we, that we're giving. Yeah. And not just, not just the opportunities that we're granting in terms of turning up on match day, but the actual roles that these kids are playing. Yeah. Agreed. Well, and we played Sam Berry as a small forward for the first 14 weeks of the bloody season. Yeah. And Worrell comes in for one for one game. Yeah. Against the Kildare in horrendous conditions. Yep. Against a against a, a streak a streak player. Yeah. He, he can go on I think we talked about that. He, he can go on streaks. Um, yeah. What's his name? I can't think of his name. Oh, now, um he's a, he's uh, that came from North Melbourne. Yeah, um Mason? Yeah, Mason someone. someone. Anyway, <laughs> that he's guy. the kind of guy that if he has a, if he has a run, he yeah. can kick three or four. I thought Josh Warrell was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah. And, they just, and, they, and he's straight out of the team. I mean, what's that? 
Buddy gets us out of trouble again. Mason Wood. Um, Adler has one game. He gets fourteen possessions in his debut. Yep. And then, and then he has a. We have a difficult game against Essendon, which everyone was horrible. He's gone. Yeah. Well, and he's played in the graveyard half forward line, except for maybe two minutes in the middle. You know, Ronan O'Connor is another one. Ben Ben Davis is another one. Um, you know, we got, and the problem is, what we actually do with these kids by leaving them in the SANFL, we actually wait until they're at, uh, past their peak of their form run. I reckon we were two yep. weeks too late on Josh Worrell. I reckon we've missed the boat on Young Cook. I reckon we've yep. missed the boat on Lucky Gallant um, because they are still kids, and whether it's SANFL or AFL, they are going to run out of steam early on in their careers and. You want to pick them when they're cherry ripe and and they've got a bit of confidence and they're getting the ball. Three or four games in, they're just starting to tie. They're maybe carrying a couple of niggles. You know, it's the wrong time. Let me put this question to you. We were talking about Jake Kelly. Mm. Why can't Fisher Mackesy come in and play that role? 100%, Pete. 100%. That kid has been... You've got Murray and you've got Butts playing well. Yep. So bring him in. Yep, and that's so you right. don't have you don't have to take the gorilla forward. You can be the third tall defender, and you can just intercept Mark. Yep, Dodo stop playing. Why couldn't we? Why couldn't we have done that last week? Yeah. I mean, Dodo will come back this week, but why couldn't we have done that last week? Yeah. So what, I guess to finish off this little conversation, the one thing I guess I'm really I'm quite surprised about is that this reflects previous selection policies of previous coaching panels and, you know, um, football department um, people. Is it it actually possible, Peter, that we're wrong? I find it difficult to believe. Um, But is it possible that we're wrong? Because if we're not wrong and what we're seeing is actually true, then this really points to a cultural cultural issue at the club in some Way because how can multiple coaching panels end up playing David McKay over and over and over and over and over again? How does it happen? Yeah, and I, look, I just want to. There's a comment in the chat from Anne Andalus just saying that. Yeah. We and 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 I think that you know we you know we're open to that kind of criticism by saying well you know you want to run a full team of kids mm. we just get crushed week in and week out. Not so much that we want to run a full team of kids. I think that if I can explain perhaps a little bit better is that what we're saying is that when you do promote a young player, then, you know, play him in the position that he's, been played, he's played in all his junior career. Yeah. Give him a chance to establish himself. Now, we've actually, you know, shown, Harry Schomburg, we've given a reasonable amount of midfield time to. Yeah. But... No one's suggesting that, you know, we lose all of our ex- experienced players at all. I mean, you know, Tex Walker's had a great year. Rory Laird's had a good year. Yeah. Um, ben Keyes has had a great year. Season, I think, has been terrific. I know you have some issues with his disposal, but by and large, he's been a really good player. Got a lot of the ball. Yeah, we've had a lot of the ball. You know, we've had a lot of good stuff from our senior players. So I'm, I'm not suggesting for a moment that we, you know, we don't play... Um, that, that we play just kids. But we need to, and I think that the culture that we're talking about, Andalus, is that it's this culture of of when we do promote these kids, we, we, 
we leave the senior players in their way in terms of what's happening out on the field. Does that does that make sense? It absolutely we does. We don't, we don't have the senior players ushering them into the positions that they need to be playing and that we need them to play. Yeah. And so you've got guys like, you know, Berry and Pedler and those guys who are frozen out of centre bounce clearances. Yeah. When you've got, you know, Rory Sloan still taking pretty much every centre bounce. Yeah. And so that's, a, I guess that's, that's probably more the point that we're trying to make. That's a really good explanation, Peter. And there's a couple of case in points. Um, and uh, who was the commentator on the weekend that kept saying pointing case? Oh, Jared Healy kept saying pointing case. I felt like jumping through the TV and saying, it's case in point, Jared. Um, mm. But so the Sloan one, uh, I don't mind Sloan being in the team, but he, he shouldn't be part of the first midfield rotation. He should be out of that midfield rotation. Um, he's clearly, no. for whatever reason, he's not providing any value in the midfield at the moment. Um, yep. He'd be better off out on a wing and, and as you say, rotate. Um, the kids Give the kids the exposure while still having Rory's you know, seniority and experience around. I had this discussion with, I think it was Macca a couple of weeks ago, with regards to Tex. And I was certainly, I think a couple of people might have, might have misunderstood uh, my question was are we getting aside from the scoreboard are we getting benefit from having Tex in the team and my thought was no not because I think Tex shouldn't be playing if he's fit and firing but that, but the fact that when he does play he becomes the focal point and what we need to what we need him to do is to be able to push blokes like Fogarty and Thilthorpe and you know those blokes forward and become the foil because Tex is always going to take the best defender when he's on form. So we need Tex to maybe sacrifice his game a little bit and provide guidance and direction uh, to the up-and-comers like Fogarty and Thilthorpe, etc. You know, we've seen it down back where Geordie Butts and Nick Murray have had to learn the hard way. And I would suggest that the youngest area of our whole team at the moment is our defence. And of the three thirds of the ground, I think our defence is the is the section of our team that can hold their head the highest, and yet they're the least experienced. So I think you're a hundred percent right, um, Peter, that it's not so much who we play, but where we play them. And when there's a choice between a David McKay or a Lachlan Shoal, I don't see any point in playing David McKay over Lachlan Shoal. I really don't. Not as a starting that, 22, anyway. You've got to have, you know, we, we want experienced players in the side, but let's just have a little bit better rotation. I mean, you don't want, you don't want, you're not going to, you're not going to pick, you know, three kids and leave them in the center, in the middle, in the midfield all game because they won't have the tank, they won't have the strength, mm. and they'll get annihilated. And, and yeah. we, you know, accept that. But, but to have a greater rotation where you are, you're still rotating. Yeah, Rory Sloan and Rory Laird and Ben Keys, you're still rotating those guys through. Yeah. And they'll still take, you know, even if they take the majority, um, that's fine. But you've got to be rotating these guys through the midfield so that they're at least getting a taste of it. Yeah, um, I, I agree. I think Texas had a really, I mean, look, he has been a focal point, but statistically, he still, I think, he ranks in the top two or three for goal assists. Yeah. We saw how valuable he is to the kids on. Sunday night where he just, you know, um, just 
gathers the ball so cleanly and he balks and he just sets up Sam Berry to, to Schomburg and he kicks his goal. And you know, Tex does those things where he does create for the younger players and he's just so critical and he'll be critical next year as well. Yeah. It'll be another, it, it won't be until the year after that, um, you know, we can start weaning ourselves off the text because he's yeah. very, I think his creativity is really underrated. It, it is, Pete. Uh, I'd like to see him played in, in a different role. I'd like to see him, I mean, and I, look, it's fine. And Andalusa's having a big dip in chat. And all I'll say to you, Andalusa, that for all those senior players that you seem to love, we're 17th on the ladder or 16th on the ladder with a with a sinker on our on our ankle. So uh, let's not get carried away with the quality of our senior players because they ain't that good. Apart from one or two, they ain't that good. Um. You know, no, so well, anyway. they've had to go, and they, and they, you know, they, you know, in, ultimately they, they weren't successful. But anyway, yeah. Andalus, I can I could argue with you all night. I, you know, I'm not trying to single out senior players, and these are not. I mean, you know, nobody's suggesting that we're getting rid of all the senior players at all. All it is is trying to um, is pointing back to the fact that this is this has been going on for a number of years. Where we have young, and you can look at. Jordan Gallucci, you can look at Jared Lyons, you can look at those kids. Um, probably Jared Lyons is a better example who's become who's gone on to become an A-grade midfielder. Yeah. Yeah. Who could not could not get a look in in our no. midfield. And the talent was obviously there, but and we used to talk about it years ago. And yeah. so it is when we, when we talk about a cultural problem, what we talk about is the fact that there just seems to be this hesitancy in just saying, you know this is where you play and this is how you come to us and we'll develop you in that role and yep. not just putting you at half forward or... Yeah, agreed. Anyway. Agreed. Yep. Andalus uh, says he's getting on Discord for the next one so we can chat. I'm really looking forward to it. The more the merrier and certainly we've uh, we've got, uh, what, about 12 or 13 in the live studio audience now. If any of you have yep. an opinion on any of this or anything else that we talk about tonight, uh, stick your virtual hand up. We'd love to hear your opinion. Uh, all right. Uh, there's not a lot of news on the injury front um, apart from Nick Murray. Um, I think there's some talk of uh, Matt Crouch maybe getting on the park in a couple of weeks as well. Uh, Nick Murray obviously out this week with concussion. Uh, probably a straight in out for uh, <coughs> pardon me for today uh, possibly um, any uh, oh, the other thing I want to ask you about Pete real quick if we're talking about selection what do you think about the Frampton defensive uh, key position experiment get him in get him, get him in. in we've got okay. a 23 year old we've got a 23 year old what 198 a centimetre player there who has just smashed the SNFL at centre half back. We've got him on a contract. We've got his contract for next year as well, isn't he? No, uh, I reckon two years actually. Get you know, get him in, and let's just see what we can get out of Billy Frampton. You know, they desperately want to use him. What you know? What just do it because he's because he, he's just you know he's this massive kid. He's he's got he's only twenty three years old. And we've got him on contract for two years. I don't want to see him just rot in the SNFL yeah. paying the salary. Yeah. If we can find a role for him, then get him in. Get him yeah. in, have a look, and see if it works. Because if it works, then fantastic. Yeah. And what happens I mean, to Mavisi then? 
Because I guess that's my only concern that we're giving a bloke that's been on in an, in the AFL system for quite a, quite some time uh, yep. a lot of chances and uh, on the surface at the expense of a young lad's development because uh, Mackesy's uh, been shifted up forward while Billy's played down back. Now Mackesy has played forward as a junior, um, and I don't actually the the little bits that we've seen of him play up forward in cameos. Hasn't looked terrible, to be honest with you, Pete. What do you think about that bit? Yep. Oh, look, I think you know this this week for me is you know whenever the next match is, hopefully this weekend is an ideal time because you've got Murray Murray's out. Yep. And you know, and we we had a ridiculous situation like Firewalkers just said, you know, we had Duday on Kaczynski against. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's just, you know, let play play. I don't think, from everything that I've seen, I don't think Mackenzie's ready to take a key back position at this stage. No. So I would, I would be giving Frampton a crack at second tall defender behind Butts. Yeah. And just see how it goes. Um, and you can always, you know, I'd be, I, I think that, you know, Mackenzie, he just reminds me so much of a Hurley type. Yeah. You know, Hurley from Essendon. Yeah, yeah. He's he's just that attacking. I think he's just more of an intercept attacking kind of a. I don't think he's that real lockdown Talia Butts type. And you know what, too? Hurley took a while to come on, too, from memory. It took Hurley yeah. a while to really find his place in AFL. Um, up forward, um, Berg was disappointing. He didn't really make the most of uh, his opportunities, although 31 inside 50s doesn't, or whatever it was, 44 inside 50s doesn't give you a huge amount of opportunity. Uh, Pete, uh, do we persist or Riley straight back in? I think Riley comes straight back in, although I was uh, heartened uh, when the crowd were really, really on the Berg's back and uh, Mark Rashido, who was sitting on right on the on the boundary line, you know, for Fox Footy, mm. he just at one point he's just turned around, he's just lashed the people in the front row. <laughs> oh, did he? <laughs> he's lashed them. For uh, for piling onto uh, onto the berg, so good on Rue for doing that. But no, I didn't have a great game, and um, you know, I, I think he'll. You know, I'd be very very surprised if he, he didn't come straight back out for Riley. Yeah. Um, now uh, the small forward triumvirate of Rowe, McHenry, and um, Lucky Murphy has been less than. Inspiring. We haven't crumbed a pack for about a month, I don't reckon. Um, you know, Roe gets a bit of the agate up the ground. Ned McHenry tries hard. Lockie Murphy uh, gets the ball and or does weird things with it. Surely we've got to shake that up a bit, I, I reckon. I, I'd really like to see them give Cook a run. I don't know who's travelled with the team to Melbourne, and we'll talk about that in a second. Um, yep. But uh, maybe the shake-up in the venue is going to affect impact selection somewhat just in terms of you know maybe they've had to be conservative because they've had to fly out in a hurry look i'd really like to see cook get a run i mean he's kicked four goals against the bays who are you know all conquering a couple of weeks ago i thought that that was you know you're talking about you know the time and place to select these kids yeah Um, yeah. that to me time to get him in against the west coast um i thought that was Look, you know, I don't mind Jimmy Rowe. I, I think that he at least gets hold of the footy, and I, I'm, a, I think, just I really do feel like Ned perhaps needs to um, go back for a run of the twos. He just hasn't had anything in the football the last few weeks, um, so my worry about with, him and 
My worry with Rowe is that he's a midfielder at heart um, and uh, he does move well in traffic uh, and he does make good decisions in traffic um, yep. but he lacks the pace and the and the dynamism is that the word dynamism to be yep. a, a small forward a dangerous small forward uh, he lacks a yard uh, he's a bit slow on the disposal in that situation and uh, he's not crumbing much no I'd still uh, you know with all those things accepted I still put him ahead of McHenry um, oh yeah no, no no in in that role absolutely I think I that we, that's something that we've got to address in the off season. I think we, it's a real yawning, and we talked about this last week. Mm. It's a real yawning gap on our list, and I think that's something we definitely have to address. But just to get us to the to the end of this year, mm. um, you, you and I both know that Murphy is in pretty much for as long as he wants, um, yeah. because they they love him, so he'll he'll stay in that role. Yeah. Um, but to me, I think that. You know, McHenry is the one. I'd, I'd rather. I'd rather see. Uh, look, the forward line is just completely unbalanced. Yeah. With Lynch back in, I, I think. Do you know what I mean? I, because we're playing four tall forwards instead of playing three tall forwards in a medium. Because mm-hmm. Lynch really, is a bit more of that tall forward, isn't he? Yeah. Well, uh, and he play, he plays up, so he kind of gets in. Uh, um, Texas lanes in terms of that that real you know when Tex hits up really high, yeah. um, yep, and he also gets in Fogarty's lanes as well. I reckon just just the way Tom's patterns are, um, and he's yep. good at what he does. He's great at kicking the ball into the man on the mark at least once a, a week. Um, but you know, um, I, I think it unbalances not because he's a, a class as a tall forward as so much, but just the way he plays and where he fits into the team and yep. the the patterns that he runs. I, I would like that. See, that's kind of the role that I would love to see Tex play a little bit higher and allow Fogarty and, and Riley to work in tandem a bit deeper. Um, yep. Because Tex is great up the ground and his disposal and his vision and his ability to use handball creatively is fantastic on transition. Yep. Um, yep. Whereas Tom is a little bit more you know, chippy-chippy sort of thing. I mean, he can really spot up a target, Lynch. There's no doubt about that. But he's obviously just a little bit indecisive. Yep. Anyway. Uh, I think look, I think the most obvious in and out is going to be Frampton for Murray. That's going yep. to be, I reckon they'll do that one in a heartbeat. Yeah. Um, Himmelberg for, uh, out for Riley. Himmelberg for Bill Pop. So I think they'll, they'll make those two changes. Yeah. Um, as to the, mm, yeah. The only other possibility I, I really, is McHenry for Cook, I think. I, I think I was about to say Cook for McHenry is the only other one that we going to be see happening. Yeah, yeah, all right. Uh, now, just on uh, uh, the situation, obviously, with the lockdown happening in Adelaide, there were about 45 different changes to the fixture for both the Crows and Port Adelaide over the last five hours. Uh, but yep. it looks like they've landed on Adelaide flying to Melbourne along with Port. Um, yep. to play our uh, what would have been our round 20 opponent Hawthorne I believe they haven't set a day but it's uh, oh no they have set a day it's going to be played on Saturday night at 7 o'clock at Marvel um, so uh, yeah so uh, I'm glad they didn't go with the showdown idea because it would have been a, a slap in the face to Adelaide to play our home showdown 
um, you know, without a crowd, uh, a big hit to the coffers, um, and also a bit of a slap in the face after we were quite accommodating with Port having the only showdown last year. So I'm glad they moved away from that, Pete. Yeah, I could be wrong here, but my understanding was that, that was Port. It was Port's idea to say, "Look, let's." I, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, let's not rush. So everyone turns up. Everyone turns up to, to the airport. Yeah. Port have the brainwave saying, "Actually, let's just hold everybody back." So the mm. AFL holds everybody back, and mm. Port try and lobby the the SA Health to have the yeah. showdown on Saturday. Yeah, without a crowd. You know what? And I wouldn't normally say this thing, but you know what? Fuck them. Seriously. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know their reasoning. First of all, they get the benefit of playing us without a crowd. Yeah. And second of all, they get Travis Boak. Uh, and I'm so glad that Travis Boak's going to overtake Kane Corns in terms of their record, uh, games holding record. But they were obviously trying to uh, manipulate a situation where Boakie gets to play it at home. Um, you know, it's, it's a shame. Apologies for my language, Sam. Apologies for my language, but that really, that really, sorry, I wouldn't normally say that, but that really, that really shut me off. Sorry, yeah, yep. you know, and it, it meant that instead of going out on a four o'clock flight, they're going out tonight, so it impacts uh, preparation as well. Um, so yeah, a very cynical by Port, in my opinion, and I'm glad we. Uh, I'm glad. Yes, uh, well, thank you very much for that one. Yeah. Get yeah. Um, so that's uh, that's the fixture, and then I gather that the Crows and Port will stay over in Melbourne, um, and. Yep. Uh, the fixture will continue and I reckon they'll probably hold off on the showdown irrespective of how long our lockdown is and until uh, until they can play in front of people. Yep. No, that sounds reasonable. Yeah. In terms of the AFL, Peter, um, there's not much going on except uh, they reckon three months for Dustin Martin, which will be a bit of a blow for Richmond. I don't know whether they can uh, make the eight or not, but he won't be a part of it irrespective injury and, and uh, not that he'd ever be listing but certainly all the best to Dusty because that, that is a you know nobody wants to see guys getting injuries like that uh, no. particularly not champions of the game so I certainly wish him all the best in his recovery and hope, hopefully we see him um, you know um, as, as strong and as good as he has been next year yep yep and uh, it, a lot of people saying uh, describing it as the hit from Mitch Robertson it looked more like a collision to me I don't think Robinson took him out or anything like that. Nah, nothing like that. Uh, it was just an it got him in a sort like the kid. People don't understand how vulnerable the kidneys are, and I'm actually a little bit surprised with all the, you know, the knees and backs and all the rest of it that we don't actually get more kidney injuries because it's an exposed part of the body. Well, that's right. I think I think actually since um, Tom since Lundin. the old SNFL uh, days of uh, Port Magpies who. Yeah. Used to consistently uh, punch players in that. That was a, a normal directive by Port Magpies players to punch guys in the kidneys. Yeah, and, kidney punch. You know, guys from all the other clubs coming off uh, pissing blood. And uh, so, yeah, that was another thing we can thank Port for back in the day. That's why I love him so much. <laughs> oh, that's why this isn't Port Fan Radio. It's you, know, you know that's true. Oh, I know it's true. Bloody you, hell. No, that's true. Yeah, I, I know it is. Absolutely. Uh, the old Port Adelaide kidney punch. Um, all right, Pete. Uh, so we're already at nine fifteen. So uh, we'll have to zip through the last it's bit. Lockdown night tonight. Uh, no, it's lockdown night tonight. I can. Uh, I'm you're good. good. All right. Well, there we go. We'll, uh, we'll take a commercial break. Uh, just a reminder: if anyone in the audience wants to have their say, Pete's got a. 
Pete's got a, uh, a hall pass, so uh, go your hardest. <laughs> In the meantime, uh, under-19s match, Pete, what did you glean? Look, don't know if anybody had a chance to watch it, but the under-19s had a uh, state team or state squad had an internal trial um, last Friday night, I think it was. And it was Where can a, people um, catch that, Pete? Is that online anymore? Uh, there was, it was a, there was a live stream okay. from Thetford uh, Noble. I guess you had to be a bit of a tragic like me, but so I had half an eye on the AFL, but I was mainly watching uh, that game and and uh, yeah, good game it was as well. It was horrible conditions if we remember back to Friday night, yeah. uh, really really terrible conditions. But and also we obviously had a lot of star players missing with injury. Unfortunately, Cooper Murley's done a shoulder injury, oh. so he's. Uh, I haven't quite got to the bottom of how bad that injury is yet, but he didn't play last weekend either. So he's had a couple of games off now. So unfortunately he was out. Um, kids that were playing um, league football were exempt. So Shay Linky at Centrals, yeah. Jason Horn yeah. didn't play. So we had a lot of kids that were unavailable, but we still had a really good game. And um, probably the standouts for me were um, <clears throat> Isaiah Dudley was terrific. He had three quarters as a as a small forward. He kicked two goals, and he would have given out two or three as well. He didn't really play any midfield forward. minutes, Pete. He played the last quarter in the midfield. Yeah, and would have had probably you know five or six touches in the midfield just in the last quarter, and um, just gets himself front and center at the contest. And um, he's a real coal face player. Yeah. Interesting watching him. He's a real sort of uh, nugget kind of player. He you know he's not a just watching him closely the other night, he's not, he's, he really isn't your cosy picket, wiry, sort of, you know, electric sort of player, but he's a nuggety. Drawn, he's the other picket. Uh, he's, he's a real Caleb Daniel. Yeah. He's a real Caleb Daniel. Yep. Not, not a Byron picket? Well, yeah, he might even be a choppy picket. Yep. Um, but he's a, you know, but he, if anybody watched the game, his, craft, his forward craft was exceptional in terms of just getting by himself. And um, he's actually really quite a nice kick for goal too. Um, yeah. you know, on, a, on a really wet, heavy, horrible night, he was you know, kicking 40-metre set shots, no problem at all. Yeah. So, uh, and just his, uh, his craft at, the, at, the, at stoppage as well was really, really good around the midfield. So, yeah, he was, he was a good player. Um, uh Naziah Wanganeed Miller, uh, the tall wingman, he played quite well. He got what's his name? Lewis Race. Naziah Wanganeed Miller. Wow, there's a combination of names. <laughs> Not a bad name, is it? Oh, you got one Paul grandstand named after you. You've got a current AFL player, and you've got—I don't even want to talk about the first name. <laughs> he's a one. He's a 188-centimetre wingman from Glenelg, and he's yeah. been playing a little bit of league footy with Glenelg. So I, I haven't covered him yet, but he's a, he played really nicely. He was, um, he was a, a, a quite a good player on, uh, in that game. And um, the other one that I really, really, the game that I really liked was Lewis Rayson. He was terrific in, in wet conditions. Yeah. His, interestingly, in really, really difficult condition, uh, conditions, his want to hit that sort of, that's, that corridor with that, that sort of, 30, 40 metre really whipping left foot kick that really opened up the game. You know what I mean? You, you know the kick I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, he was, he was terrific. Uh, he, it was, 
You know what? He reminded me. He re- kind of reminded me of the way Daniel Rich does it for Brisbane. Yeah, the right. Way he'll open up the game with one kick. Yep. Um, Just the change the angles completely. Completely. The only worry that I saw with Lewis was that his right foot was abominable. The two times I saw him got caught <laughs> in his right foot, he was absolutely right. bloody terrible. Yeah. Um, Zach Becker at fullback was fantastic. Um, he was. Zach Becker's probably a guy I should cover, but I haven't yet. But he he, um, he played really really well. So Hugh Jackson played. He was okay. Kind of nice. Where do you where do you rate Hugh, um, Pete? I've seen lots of different opinions about Hugh Jackson. I'm not, I'm not a great fan of Hugh, um, I, only because and I haven't actually been. And I'll put my hand up right away. Is that he's one of the one of the few young players I haven't actually been and watched it live. So I'm only going by vision. Yeah. Uh, I really, really just I'm not really comfortable with his decision making. He just um, he's a bit of a blaster, but yeah, um, that's just from what I've seen. Look, you know, um, he I think that he'll I mean he'll be drafted, and um, he'll certainly be an our hit zone mm. uh, as a left foot left foot midfielder. So um, and yeah, he was fine. He he played a, a reasonable game in, yeah. in that match as well. So now who um, rucked Pete for the two teams? So there was one guy that I did, didn't recognise the name at all. The other, the other guy that Ruck was Hugo Cattell. Right. Um, and he, Hugo is a kid that um, plays for Sturt. He also yeah. plays for Scotch College. Um, and he's a really, really talented. Hugo's a really, really talented Ruckman. Yeah. But the only problem that you, we would have with Hugo is that he's a rower. And right. he's, a, um, a, he's a state rower. And I don't think he's really worked out which way he wants to go. But... Hugo is a very, very um, strong and good player. There was a kid that was actually an Indigenous kid that Ruck, who I thought was fantastic, and his name wasn't actually on the list, which was a bit frustrating, so I don't know who it was. Right, okay. Um, um, a few requests so yeah, in the our, chat. Um, Pete, Blaine, O'Loughlin? Yeah, look, Blaine did what he always does. He gets, he gets a lot of really, really good possessions by himself, and he had a run in the midfield in the last quarter, and it was really, really noticeable that he stood quite a way off the contest. He's not a contested player. Yeah. And so he's a, he's a kid that runs around like an unregistered dog at under 18's level running out of defence for North Adelaide, and yeah. he picks up 30 or 40 possessions. Um, mind you, looks really classy doing it. Okay, yeah. so he's got, he's got good pace, and he uses the ball beautifully. I'm just not sure that Blaine's game translates to AFL. Just the intensity? Just... just like the worked, contested stuff? Just the contested stuff. So where, whereas you've got, a, you've got a kid like Isaiah who has been playing in the midfield for centrals and he absolutely laps up the contested stuff and you can see that what he's got may translate yeah. to AFL level. Yeah. Whereas I just don't think that Blaine is going to get the space mm. once, they, once the team cottons on to... You know what it's like. How many games would it take to work out? We've got we're giving the guy we're giving the ball to one guy in defence to run it out and well, use it. It'd take one twenty-five position match. Yep. Hugh Stag was a bit disappointing. Didn't see much of him. Didn't play a particularly good game. He was out there, but didn't really do a, a hell of a lot. So I didn't think he was he was great and didn't sort of do anything much. So it's one kid that actually played really really well that did. Uh, and hasn't really been on my radar. He's a kid that plays for Centrals and also Sacred Heart. Is a kid by the name of Luca Whitelam. 
So yeah. um, just watch out for Lucas' name. He will probably, I would imagine on that performance, I'd say that he'd probably make the state side. Right. But he played a really clean midfield, um, just a really, really clean play, good skills, used the ball really well. So they had really unbalanced teams. So it looked to me like a probables versus possibles. Right. Uh, Luca was on the possibles and was best for the for the possibles. For them, yeah. So, yeah. so he may, he's a kid that may push up. Um, yeah. And the other one, uh, uh, Morgan Ferris played uh, for the probables and typical Morg's game where you just think, oh, he's just not going to impact the game at all. And all of a sudden he's kicked in the last quarter, he's kicked a couple of goals and he just has that knack. When you think that he, you know, is just not going to do anything for the whole game, he just has that knack of, of concentrating and staying in the game when the opportunities come his way. He he nails yep. it. So, yep. So that was Morg. So yeah, that was the uh, that was the under 19s trial. And um, but you know there'll be a lot of kids that um, to come back into that side. So, yep. Yeah, yeah. There's a fair few out. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see the final makeup of that squad once we get to September. Yeah, that's right, and it'll be really interesting to see which, uh, how bad the injuries are to Robert Draper, you know, merely these kids, because yeah. they're frontline players, they're, you know, they're AFL Academy players. And well, that's the interesting well part, isn't it? It's They are all the, the, you know, the top 25 picks, or at least, that are, uh, that are out at the moment. So they, we could actually enter the chance, or they could enter the draft with no real exposed form after about round 12 in the... Uh, in the local comp. Well, it's, re- it's really interesting you say that because Jason's obviously going to still, he's playing league football for South, and so that's, yeah, you know, he's just going along you know, nicely. And Barty Magic Cooper's got a shoulder injury now, unfortunately, uh, on top of the ankle injury he had. So he had two games back. And now he's, um, excuse me, he's, uh, he's back injured again. But Jason's still going to, you know, be in that top three category because he's still mm. exposed. He's been playing league football. Yeah. But you're dead right. You're dead right. Roberts, you know, has sort of drifted yeah. out of thinking. So is yeah. Draper. So those guys, but, you know. Well, Draper's the so one he, I'm interested in because Draper could fall to the second round, in my opinion. Pete. He could. Um, and he would be a bargain anywhere past 20. Or he'd be a bargain yeah, anywhere he, past 15, in my opinion. But if he, if you could get him in the middle of the second round because of lack of exposed form and, you know, probably just too many Victorian slash Western Australian kids overtaking him on exposed form, he'd be a yeah. steal, in my opinion. Well, he would be because in his, uh, in his, he was, uh, in his last game before being injured, he was named, I think it was third best in the mm. reserves. So mm. I reckon he, wasn't, he wouldn't have been far off a call-up, the A-grade. Yeah. And then one... Once that happens, he's exposed. Yeah, that's right. And it'll take him a little bit to get back to. So, very so interesting. You might well get a yeah, <clears throat> going on here. Looks like we've got a little bit of a prior picture. My son is Just lost because it's. Pain. You got me? Yep, got you now. Yeah, I reckon uh, my. Um, because it's not a school night now, my son is smashing Xbox at the moment, so... <laughs> yeah, they <laughs> Anyway, look, uh, on that note, we probably better uh, wind up before uh, this thing crashes yep. completely because i got a few red indicators on this thing, so uh, I'll get out. Pete, it's been great as always. Uh, great information on the 19th. Uh, thanks to everyone who's joined us in Discord and on YouTube. Uh, really enjoy the input. 
Um, and uh, thanks to all your support on those two platforms as well as Patreon. Don't forget you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash AFL Crowcast. Uh, considering we've got a Saturday night game, we will be on the usual time on the wrap at 7.30 on Sunday, so we'll see you then. In the meantime, everybody take care, stay safe, get your masks on, get your vaccinations. I'm one down, Pete, I don't know about you. Um, uh, yeah, I'm almost there. Yeah, but uh, in above all else, uh, stay safe and keep your family safe. And uh, we will see you on Sunday night. See night, you, everyone. See you guys. See you, see everyone. You there, mate? Thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll see you on Sunday.